Hey, I'm Sam. And I'm Lizzie. And we're queer people who love movies. This is Subtextual. Lizzie. Sam. Are you ready to do some scat? (laughs) (laughs) I would do scat so fast, you have no idea. No one would even need to accuse me of being an alien. (laughs) I'd be like, sure, half or full, what do you want? I was going to pay for it. (laughs) I'm so glad to be back. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we're just pumping through these new episodes because we miss them so much. Yeah. You've been talking about doing this film for a millennia. Yeah. You know how people say Christmas has come early? This is more like Halloween has come early. Exactly. Yeah. Who says horror movies are just for a spooktoberfest? No, not me. Not I. Mm-mm. I saw somewhere that, uh, was it yesterday at the time of recording? Something like that. We have like... Less than 100 days to Halloween. Now. <gasps> it's like 100 days to Halloween countdown started. Oh, my started. God. Okay, then I totally planned that. And that's what this is. <laughs> Happy 100th day to Halloween. <laughs> Let your countdown begin. <laughs> I've had this on our stupid little Excel sheet for, I think, whenever the inception of this podcast was created. Literally. I love this movie. And I was actually so tickled to learn that Lizzie and Lee, our wonderful producer, hadn't seen it until now, which makes me super happy. So I'm pumped to jump into this episode and talk to you guys about the faculty. But before we do that, just want to give a huge shout out to our patrons. You can subscribe to us on patreon.com slash where you'll get so many perks, cool merchandise, the option to vote on all of our episodes, and as well as our fan service episodes, which come out every month. And next month, if you join now, you can get to pick what we're doing. So really appreciate that. And if you don't want to, that's totally cool. We're just glad that you're listening now. Yeah. Thanks for listening because obviously you're a freak too if you like the faculty. Yeah. If you are controlled by some sort of alien super host and you're only <laughs> contributing to our Patreon because of that, we want to say thank you as well. Yeah. No, aliens welcome here. And you're probably drinking like a bunch of water out of like a giant water jug. Yeah. Dude, like hydration era has been like the theme of this summer. And I'm like, y'all all just taken over by parasites. I'm drinking nothing but coffee. You do a great Mary Beth. Yeah. They predicted the <laughs> the hype of drinking just water. Like <laughs> They did. 15 years before that became a thing. That's the truest and most stark commentary in this film. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez <laughs> called that like we're just glamorized drinking water. Um, okay, so I know I said you guys hadn't seen the film until now. Did you hear anything about it before you watched it? And what were your initial thoughts? I knew it was like one of your favorite movies. And that should have clued me in into realizing it was a horror movie. But I truly thought this was like a school drama set in like, I'm assuming the 90s. And we started watching it and I was like, oh my God, it's a horror movie? Okay. But I was into it, and this was a really fun film. Did you like it? I did like it. I would watch it again for sure. <sighs> it was okay. freaky. We'll get into that. Lee, how about you? Yeah, I remember when it came out, and I totally did not realize it was a horror movie at first. And then pretty quickly after that, I just I had always heard it was a really good movie, and I'm surprised that it took me this long to watch it because it's been on my list for a while. I like I think I had learned over the years that it's like. It's not like Wes Craven's Robert Rodriguez, but like it's got the same sort of style as Scream, like the Mm -hmm. same screenwriter. And yeah, everything was ticking off the right boxes. And uh, I was pretty excited about it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So Lee touched on a bunch of great points. Yes. 
Kevin Williamson, the screenwriter. Yes, Robert Rodriguez. I love this movie so much growing up. It's, you know, when they say like, Girls will say my comfort movie and play like sophomore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they'll watch like then her arms were cut off <laughs> and her, her legs, legs were cut off. <laughs> I this is weirdly was for a very long time my comfort movie and it's one of my earliest memories of watching any movie at all. And I think a lot of that is credited to the incredible writing and the directing, which I didn't even realize were incredible until a few years ago when I revisited this film. But the real reason that we're talking about it today, not just because I'm obsessed with it, because if it wasn't gay, then I'd be my birthday. Right. And you probably wouldn't be obsessed with it. (laughs) Yeah, truly, if it wasn't gay (laughs) at all, I would say nothing. But um, we're talking about this film today for a lot of different reasons. The first being, obviously... Stokely as played by Clea fucking Duvall. I'm Clea Duvall. <laughs> I'm just Shelley Duvall. <laughs> but when you said that, I was like, okay, she can rock that shit too. <laughs> she could. Dude, this fucking character got so wronged. They did her so dirt. I know. We can unpack why this character was handled the way that it was, especially like in the storytelling. But I mean, you can't cast a character that's not supposed to be a lesbian with the actress Clea Duvall, man. Like, come on. We're not going to buy it. (laughs) If you don't know who Clea Duvall is, uh, she's incredibly out to lesbian known for her roles in gay films like But I'm a Cheerleader, Girl Interrupted, Veep, and Broad City. She's also the director of one of our first episodes ever, Happiest Season. Which we love her for making a lesbian Christmas movie. Do we love the movie? You'll have to listen to the episode to find out. It's not important. We're going to watch it anyways. (laughs) That's true. And the real reason, you know, obviously if you've seen this film, Stokely is presenting lesbian, but is masking behind that said no gay person ever in their entire lives. Right. Yeah. Like I prefer to be a lesbian so people leave me alone. That's not usually how that works. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. Okay. But also Stokely is given the like Ali Sheedy breakfast club treatment yeah 100 percent. this has so many similarities to the breakfast club i mean all the yeah. members of the archetype group are pretty much exactly the same oh my god you're so right and if you think about ali sheedy in the breakfast club who plays the like goth outsider mm-hmm. and you think of stokely in this film i see it so strongly okay they're both goth outsiders who are presumed gay mm-hmm. who despise conformity and feminine presentation as intrinsic values only to have those values abandoned in the final act to fall inexplicably for the jock who doesn't like being a jock anymore. Okay, because that's every lesbian's number one fantasy fanboy. Because, like, even if you do convince yourself you like a boy in high school as a lesbian, like, it's not the jock sweetums. I'm sorry to tell you, it's Casey as played by Elijah Wood. (laughs) It's the gay boy, yeah. They trade their, like, masculine black attire and, and dark makeup for, like, pink florals and pastels and then they ostensibly drop all of their previous beliefs and like also their social awkwardness right they just like because they're now noticed by a boy they want to dress more feminine and have more confidence and i'm like girl what i when she came out in that cardigan in the end i was like i was like can we just delete this whole scene what were the first two acts for yeah what were they for like, if she's so comfortable, like, assimilating to hetero culture, like, why did she wait this long? Right. And, like, and what about, like, pretending to be, like, this goth lesbian so people will leave you alone is going to put her in any way to the favor of someone so popular as, like, the jock? So, like, yeah. 
all of a sudden she's just like playing it totally opposite just when she when she doesn't need to anymore like yeah. she doesn't she's got him so now i don't know it just it doesn't line up this character is just it's like four characters in one and none of them make sense yeah i mean you're you're like how does this make your life easier my life would be so easier if, like, in high school, if I could just pass as not gay. The fact that anyone would put on <laughs> being queer as some sort of protector from being bullied is laughable. Also, you know, that leads us to the point that this film was written by Kevin Williamson. Uh, Williamson is the writer-creator responsible for Dawson's Creek and The Vampire Diaries, which is, I didn't know that. That's kind of crazy. Um, because I knew him for being the writer of Scream. Damn. He did he did the most. He did Scream, then he did I Know What You Did Last Summer. <gasps> then he did Scream movie. 2, and then he did The Faculty. All in the span of like three years. You know what's funny is like I kind of assumed that the faculty became before Scream because like it's not as airtight of a script as Scream is. So it seems funny he would seemingly like kind of take a step away. But maybe doing a monster movie is inherently harder to <laughs> do with that level of finesse. Usually they are a little, like, uh, chaotic. So, but, I mean, it's still a great script and a great idea. But You make a good point. Like, the the job of the writer is more difficult when you have to explain other worlds and other roles and, like, aliens and how they operate. Right. And there's just a little more leeway for things to get a little silly. Mm-hmm. I think he did it a, a really good job. He was actually meant to direct this film, oh. but passed on it. And so they brought in Robert Rodriguez. But um, Williamson himself is an out gay man. And that's why people can see, I mean, young gay people and gay people can often cite his work as like parts of their gay awakening. Because I think he has this incredible way of viewing outsiders and the mm -hmm. outcasts in ways that I think are very true to life. And I know that this film did a lot of stuff for me as, like, a, a young kid watching it. Did you guys pick up on any of the gay stuff other than, like, Stokely? I mean, it also involves Stokely, but it does seem the beginning that Miss Atlanta, Georgia could <laughs> lean a little bit to the left, if you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I mean, for her treatment of Stokely, like, she chooses to talk to Stokely, even though no one else will. Even when Delilah comes up and, like, tries to deter her from being friends with Stokely, she's still, like, is like, hey, you want to be lab partners? Which, that trope, the lab partner trope, is reserved for people who are romantically <laughs> interested in each other. Yes. So I definitely felt that a little bit. But then she, like, instantly went off and started Frenching Joss Hartnett, so... Whatever, but it was definitely there a little bit. Yeah, it seemed like Kevin Williamson like picked up this idea of chosen family and outsiders who defy gender norms a little bit and then, you know, didn't take it across the finish line. Mm -hmm. Probably for lack of wanting to be pigeonholed. And you see that a lot with his other works like Scream. Like it, it seems homoerotic, but then right when he gets to that point, he kind of pulls back a little bit. Right, or is forced to pull back because mm -hmm. at this point, like, unless it was a gay movie, there was no, like, gay characters happening. Like, yeah. Especially for a larger, more commercial scale film mm -hmm. like this that men were going to watch. Like, no one, you know, in the their minds, they were like, well, we can't put a gay character in it. It'll scare off audiences. You're so right, Lizzie. Scream was produced by Harvey Weinstein. This film was produced by Harvey Weinstein. So I think if Kevin Williamson even felt the inclination to do so, knew better than to try to write a gay character in right. this film, which is why likely Stokely is who she is. Mm -hmm. So we I both. I mean, the fact that they say lesbian, they do call her a lesbian. They say it a lot. <laughs> <They> say it. <laughs> yeah. So the fact that Kevin Williamson got even that 
into the script. I really appreciate. But like Lee was saying, this was directed by the incomparable Robert Rodriguez. He is the auteur responsible for El Mariachi, Desperado, From Dust Till Dawn, Sin City, Planet Terror. And let's not forget Kids, Lizzie. Or... One, two, and 3D? Yeah. Okay, Spy Kids 3D is the best Spy Kids. Elijah Wood's in that one, too. Oh, is he's like the chosen He's the gamer. guy. The guy. <laughs> You're the guy. You're the guy. <laughs> yeah, Robert Rodriguez is my partner's, or maybe at one point was his favorite filmmaker and actually got a chance to meet him when he was a tween. Ugh. And there's this really adorable photo of them with, like, their arms around each other's shoulders. And, yeah. You're right. Incomparable is a good word to give him. The same way I would give incomparable to like M. Night Shyamalan. Like his movies may not always be the best, but they are distinct. And he is certainly an auteur because he puts a spin on it and he puts Selma Hayek in all of them. You will see (laughs) Antonio Banderas. You will see Selma Hayek, bitch. You will see Machete. Like Like, what's wrong with that? That's great. Any one of those actors is enough to make me watch the film. Yeah, I have a soft spot for... Robert Rodriguez, because I'm from San Antonio, Texas, where he is from. I am Mexican like he is from. He actually lives in Austin now, and apparently he's, like, really nice if you trick-or-treat in his neighborhood. I don't have his address, and I won't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So don't ask. Okay, let's get into the movie. The students at Harrington High have always suspected their teachers were from another planet. Is this going to be on the test? This is the test. This time, they're right Okay, we open on a classic high school football field in Ohio. Hell yeah. We meet Coach Willis, who you might know as uh, the actor Robert Patrick, who plays T-1000 in Terminator 2. And there's no way to differentiate that character from this character because they're equally terrifying. (laughs) No, I would shit myself and quit football for (laughs) sure if this guy came at me. Yeah, he's um, a deeply angry man and uh, he's being approached from behind by an unknown shadowy figure. And then you think it's going to go to black and then cut to the title. No, that's a fake out. It happens again. So later that night. Wait, 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 wait. His line read at this moment, like his back's a camera and this like shadow falls over him and he looks over his shoulder and just goes, yeah. What? Yeah. What? It has been playing in my head incessantly for two days. Anyway, I I knew I lost Lizzie because when I pressed play, that line reading sent her, and I never got her back. <laughs> I was ready to have fun, and this movie is truly deeply horrifying and disgusting to look at sometimes. And I was like, Yeah, oh yeah. And at this point, I also still thought it was like a teen dramedy. <laughs> anyway, I like because nothing scary happened yet. Anyway. Ohio. Where were we? Okay. So later that night at a faculty meeting, we see members of the faculty exiting the high school. And as the principal, who we know is now Principal Drake, is closing up, she realizes she can't lock the door. So she reenters to grab her keys, which she's left at her desk. A little bit of trivia for you, but the role of Principal Drake was actually offered to Gillian Anderson. (gasps) I know. Oh, I definitely would have seen this movie then. Yeah, I wouldn't. Was have she to. doing X Files? Yeah, she must have been. At the yeah, time. this was 1998. <gasps> wow. You know, I said when we were watching this, this is just a big episode of X Files. This is exactly what would happen in X Files. The tone and everything. As soon as the principal left her keys, Lizzie was like, "This reminds me of X Files," and I can't figure out why. <laughs> well, the coach is Agent Doggett, right? right? But right. I don't know what. At what period, like what uh, year, he would have been playing in X-Files. 
Uh, that would have yeah. been it's one of the later seasons, but yeah. So maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I often talk about the buffification. Lizzie's responsible for the ex-filification. <laughs> the ex-filification. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure David Duchovny was offered some sort of role or other. <laughs> that would actually be really fucking sick. I know. Uh, so the principal goes back to get her keys. She hears a strange sound and jump scare. Behind her is Coach Lewis, who badges her for a pencil that he uses to stab her through the hand. And after a farce-like chase through the school, Principal Drake manages to get through the door and lock it from the outside, where Miss Olsen, the elderly theater teacher, raises a pair of scissors and stabs the crap out of her. I thought it was cool, too, because, like, I know, obviously, going into it, I knew it was like a Body Snatchers movie, but the way they kind of set it up with the faculty and the older folks is, like, the principal is kind of hated by all the rest of the faculty because she's yeah. trying to cut everything mm-hmm. or cut funding. So when the drama teacher like picks up the uh, scissors and stabs her, it's almost like, wait, do they actually? I mean, I know that the coach is like possessed or something, but it's cool. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. If you if you after the first time you've seen this film, if you watch it again, you realize how thoroughly they try to throw you off of the yes. set, which is pretty obvious. Like you're saying, yeah, they give motive to these teachers to assault the principal. They also give motive for you not to believe that, which very clearly is the queen of aliens, Mary Beth, is it's not her. Yeah. And they go out of their way every time that you get comfortable and assuming what the storyline will be. They try to very quickly skirt you away, which I appreciate. After the stabbing of Principal Drake, we get the title card and the movie starts. And I'm like... This is a horror movie? <laughs> Literally trying to say, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I'm Recalibrating just... <laughs> real right fast. <laughs> I love watching this in real time. It was like such a satisfying thing for me. You're just like in the other corner of the couch, just like giggling into your hand. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, get you a Lizzie, you guys. It's the best way to watch any scary movie. Uh, so. We start with another day at school, and we meet all our casting characters. We've got Zeke, the flunky drug dealer, played by Josh Hartnett. We've got Casey, the nerdy photographer, played by Elijah Wood, who, fun fact, during the filming of this film, he was urged by a friend of Robert Rodriguez to try out for the upcoming trilogy directed by Peter Jackson, The Lord of the Rings, which he had never heard of, as well as he never read the books. That's some good advice. That's a good friend. (laughs) Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, do you think Robert Rodriguez had, like, anything to do with Elijah Wood becoming Frodo? Absolutely. Because this, like, you know, probably put him into a good spot in the eye of the Hollywood people. Yeah. It's Robert Rodriguez's, like, best friend who wouldn't have been in the film if Robert Rodriguez just thought he'd be funny as an extra wow. and he was hanging around set and was just like, hey, you you could be this little hobbit. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never read that book, but I'll go for it. And then we've got Delilah, the ambitious head cheerleader played by Jordana Brewster. This is her film debut. This was a few years before Fast and the Furious. And a little bit of tidbit trivia. This role was written for Charisma Carpenter, who played Cordelia in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who turned it down because she felt it was too similar to her role in Buffy. It is exactly her role in Buffy, like hairstyle, clothing, everything. Yeah. But she would have been excellent. But I think Jordana Brewster is a great bitch. Yeah, if she hadn't turned it down, Jordana Brewster wouldn't have gotten her first start, which, I mean, maybe she wouldn't have never been in Fast and the Furious. The fucking dominoes. How the dominoes fucking fall? We also have 
Mary Beth, the naive new girl, Stan, the reluctant jock, Stokely, played, like I said, by Clea fucking Duvall, the goth lesbian. (laughs) And (laughs) we're seeing all of these kids act out really aggressively. Like the whole student body is so aggro. Dude, I said if we played a drinking game where every time two people collided, you drank, you would be fucking wasted by act three. Oh, shit face. It was either intentional to kind of throw you off into thinking like, okay, do all these kids act like this or are they possessed by aliens or something? (laughs) Or is it like a commentary on high school aggression and like hormones and stuff? I think it was a nice juxtaposition for what the uh, the outcome of the villain aspired to have, this sort of like utopian. You know, in Scooby-Doo, mm-hmm. when Mr. Mondavarius right. is like, they come rowdy and they leave like good Samaritans. Right. It was very that. Yeah. So like a real visual indicator of like how like zombified or like overtaken these people were by the parasites of the aliens. So I think that's the only reason because I've never been to a place where people like ram your nuts into a (laughs) fucking flagpole at like seven in the morning. Jesus Christ. And they're not even aliens yet. I know. Honestly, I'm like the aliens should take us over. We're fucking barbarians. If this is the Midwest, what is happening in New York City at this time? This is Ohio with no fucking gang activity, like no (laughs) guns, nothing. And these people are getting fucking neutered. Oh, Jesus, Elijah Wood. Uh, so, I mean, we see a lot of Stokely being queer-coded, but also, like, Casey, played by Elijah Wood, a lot of, I've, I've read a lot of accounts online of young gay men relating to this character, simply because he's being bullied a lot by these jocks, and he's not nerdy enough to just hang out with nerdy people either. Right. And, like, when you see him at lunch, he's, like, in the bleachers by himself. Oh, my God. So fucking sad. And when, so- when he finally realizes something's going on, the first person he turns to... The lesbian, Claytable. That's true. I did notice that. I was like, we have no foundation for their relationship. He just runs up to her and is like, Stokely, oh my God, help. And, and we're like, like, makes sense. And she like shit talks everyone in the school but him. Like mm-hmm. she agrees to help him out. They do have like a very interesting unspoken friendship that I really appreciate. And we also see Zeke selling scat, which is guaranteed to jack you up. Okay, Josh Hartnett looks so much like fucking Jim Carrey and Dumb and Dumber in this film. I actually thought it was Jim Carrey for like a good 10 minutes. Have it in my notes. The ugliest he's ever been and the most attractive he's ever been to me. (laughs) (laughs) He's like a greasy alfalfa. That fucking haircut is... So bad. Abominable. Yeah, it's disgusting. But he is really charming. The character Mm -hmm. is really charming. And Scat's only five bucks... Um, yet another reason I would just be like, yep, yeah, all right. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> so throughout the school day, Stan tells Delilah he's quitting football. She says he can't get into college without a football scholarship and basically calls him a dumbass. <laughs> okay, Ouch. high school musical. Uh, we see Stokely clearly checking out Mary Beth in history. Like, it's a full crane your neck over top to bottom yeah. sort of checkout. For sure. And this is just beginning. After the scene, we get their meet cute, uh, Stokely and Mary Beth. And I'm going to show you that scene now. All right. In the scene I'm about to show Lizzie, we see Stokely and Mary Beth getting to know each other at lunch before they're rudely interrupted by Delilah. I'm Mary Beth Louise Hutchinson of Atlanta. I'm new here. No shit. What's your name? Why do you want to know my name? 
I don't have any friends. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you seem to have one less than that. So I just thought... Stokely, are you seducing the new students again? I don't know why you insist on being such a bad example for your people. What people? I hope you're not a violent lesbian like a newfound friend here. Uh, no. I'm not aware of any lesbianism in my lineage. Oh, that's too bad, Stokely. I guess I'll just have to keep looking for Miss Wright. Bipolar bitch. And then quickly after that scene, we see Mary Beth try to be Stokely's lab partner. And this is the exchange that follows. I didn't know you were a lesbian. I don't think I've ever met one before. Have you been out long? You know, I think it's very impressive and evolved in Not you. a lesbian, all right? Be one. Please, I'm free. You were right about me. I, I don't have any friends, and I like it that way. Being a lesbian is just my security. Your security against what? People like you. Okay, Lizzie, any thoughts? Okay, so Mary Beth is definitely coming on to Stokely. Yes. But, like, it's fucked up for a lot of different ways, mostly because this alien is, like, choosing the easiest target in its mind to mm -hmm. start, like, infiltrating the school. So that means it sees, like, the loner with no friends reading the sci-fi novel and is like, perfect. <laughs> Maybe they won't be weirded out by me acting a little strange and being alien. But then, like, obviously in the scene following, whenever it's basically Edward and Bella in chemistry class. Incredible. Obviously, this alien person, pseudo-lesbian thing, is just trying to, like, maneuver its way into Stokely's good graces by being like, no, it's cool you're a lesbian. Like, I love it. Like, be a lesbian. Like, maybe I'm into it kind yeah. of thing. So, like, seducing her, like, for sure. Yeah, so if... You know, spoiler alert, we all know that Mary Beth is the queen. So why does she spare these individuals for so long? It's so easy mm. for her to overtake <gasps> them. And she's alone You're with so right. pretty much all of them for enough time to infect them, especially Stokely and Zeke. And so why does she spare them? And that's something that we'll get to towards the end. But, I mean, if the idea of becoming part of this, like, utopian host alien body is like uh, to be accepted then maybe she seeks out these people that clearly um don't feel accepted in their situations and in their bodies and uh, alienated as teenagers yeah that's true like why does she play the long game with these particular people the long con so after this exchange, Casey enters with a specimen that he finds on the football field. Their science teacher is fucking Jon Stewart, which I can never get over. I actually can't stop seeing Jon Stewart, and I won't. <laughs> I'm never going to. Sorry, not fixing it. <laughs> he, like, opens a specimen, puts his hand in a tank, which he shouldn't, gets Bitch, fit. what? What part of the scientific method is that? You really... Any fucking scientist would never do this. Okay, after this, Casey starts to notice strange behavior in members of the faculty, like an obsession with water. <laughs> and then after this, Delilah and Casey break into the faculty lounge to find a story for the school paper. And Casey tells Delilah she's pretty cool if she's not acting like a first-class bitch. <laughs> Which she's into. It's like the first time she actually looks him in the eye. Yeah, it's like the first time she recognizes him as an individual. And they start flirting a little bit, which is cute. But, like, in what world? I'm so sorry. This little boy. Can't handle Duriana Brewster. Not now, not ever. I don't care how many Lord of the Rings you do. There's not a world that you could stand on as many Apple boxes as you would need to. Oh, to look my God. 
That's so mean. <laughs> I'm not cutting that. That's staying in. That's a read. Uh, so footsteps approach and they hide in the faculty lounge's supply closet and they see the yassified versions of Miss Olsen and Coach Willis. <laughs> Is that what we're calling them? Yeah, they're yassified. The yassified. Come I love on. it. They look so much better. They look better. They're sexier. They're smarter. They're more in control. Hydrated. What's wrong with the aliens? Like, they're doing a better job than we are. All I'm saying is universal health care. <laughs> All I'm saying is hydration summer. Yeah. Literally, the roads would be fixed. Yeah. And we, we would, would have maternity leave. Maternity leave. Tampons for everyone. AOC would be pro-aliens. Yes. <laughs> so they're discussing their plans to convert the rest of the faculty and the students. And as they're doing so, Nurse Harper, who's played by Salma Hayek, because Robert Rodriguez can't have a movie where Salma Hayek is not involved, she enters and they surround her and force like this little like specimen Ugh. in her ear. It's so fucking Ugh. gritty. This movie is so gross. I'm you thought this was gonna be like a high school drama. I'm so sorry. I was expecting like the campaign or something <laughs> like so sorry, not that. Uh, Delilah <laughs> and Casey panic and the body of one of their oldest teachers like falls oh, onto them. And I oh, skipped over the scene before where you see her like scalp falling oh. off of her head. God, the effects for this movie are fucking good. Both the visual effects and the actual effects, the special effects are spine tinglingly good. Oh, like whenever the scene before when they drop the little specimen into the water and it starts mm. growing all its little red tentacles. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, even for like today's standards, I'm like, that's fucking really good design work. Yeah. Like you're saying, the practical effects where you're seeing their scalps being pulled Ugh. off and the like foam coming out of their bodies as well as the like digital effects that they had. I think they did a really good job at keeping it super low key and tasteful so that it didn't like detract from the actual performance of the actors. Yeah. Well, it relied heavily on the, like, insane emotionality of the actors that Robert Rodriguez definitely demands of his performers. <laughs> yeah. But, like, paired with the just insanity of the situation, it's definitely a match that works. Yeah, it, it really is kind of pitch perfect. So uh, the body falls on them. They run out. They escape. As they're escaping, they realize the whole faculty is fucking possessed. Casey comes back with his parents and the police, but... Long story short, that doesn't fucking work out. So he has to go back to school the next day, and he sees Delilah wearing glasses. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm incognito. You would think that she is, like, in full costume as, like, some sort of disgusting witch. <laughs> they refer to her, like, so dirty because she's wearing a pair of glasses. She says, do you think I'm in drag because of the aesthetics? She's wearing a baseball hat. And glasses. <laughs> Literally one pair of glasses and everyone's like, who is that? New girl in town. Honestly, she says she's trying to keep a low profile because her mom doesn't believe her. And later in history, Mary Beth suggests that Stokely talk to Stan. And Stokely and Stan talk and he says like he's so tired of the privilege of being so fast and so white and Ugh. so male. And so furious. <laughs> He's like, I'm too fast and I'm too furious. I'm too fast, too I just want to make D's. I want to get the D. And Stokely's like, I don't want to get the D, actually. <laughs> D's are cool with me, actually. <laughs> okay. And now the faculty is having every student report for ear exams. You know what that means? They're all fucked. So some druggies want to buy some more scat from Zeke. And then Miss Burke rolls up on him, yassified, yassified. shall we say. Hotified. She's so hot. She's oh. like stepped into her power. 
literally watching this as a young person, it wasn't the representation of like a lesbian Stokely that did it for me. It was Miss Burke and it was Delilah. Because you like to be fucking reprimanded and I don't know, you just like a mean. Isn't there something about someone being mean to you a little bit? That's nice. Everyone's on the opposite right now. Everyone's on the daddy track and you're on the like principal track and that's fine. I'm not trying to yuck your yum, but I'm just saying. Okay, I feel like my yum is yucked at this point with this audience. (laughs) Anyway, she like does everything but spank him in front of these people. (laughs) So Casey and Stokely talk about science fiction and like what could possibly be going on with the faculty, even though Stokely is not fucking buying it. She's like, I don't buy it. But if I did buy it, here's exactly how I would. This is the point in Twilight where Bella Swan types in vampire into being. <laughs> Man eater. Cold skin. Cold, cold one. <laughs> oh, we need it. We need to fill the audience in on the exposition. Uh, I do think it's like a cool way like to nod directly to the references they're pulling from. For the rules of this universe, it kind of gives us something to expect. It makes it fun. It confirms our worst fears. And at one point, they even directly say something about X-Files, too, which Mm -hmm. is just so funny because X-Files is coming out at this time. It was lovely watching this film next to Lizzie because anytime anything would happen, she'd be like, oh, it's like this episode of the X-Files. Oh, it's like an episode of the It's like that other episode of the X-Files. And then you said X-Files, and you're like, they said the (laughs) X-Files. I was so like redeemed in that moment, so approved. So what's that word? Affirmed. Affirmed. <laughs> I was so affirmed. It was very nice to see. I enjoyed that very much. Okay, so Casey, Stokely, Delilah, and Stan go to check out the specimen in the science lab, but guess what? That shit's gone. Bye. And then he tells all the other outcasts about his hypothesis that aliens are taking over the school. And at one point, Delilah calls Stokely a freak dyke. You're not allowed to say that, kids. But, like, I would say that, and I'm going to say that from now on until forever. <laughs> I'm saying, you're like, I'm taking that. I'll put, be having that. in my pocket. So after the commotion going on around the freak dyke, Zeke and Mary Beth enter the science lab, followed by Professor John Stewart. And... Zeke tells Jon Stewart that Casey thinks the whole faculty are aliens, thinking that he would laugh it off. And then they get into a whole fight where Professor Furlong or Jon Stewart goes fucking crazy. He's like attacking these kids, trying to kill them. And then one of my greatest fear ever, a paper cutter comes out. And they cut his fingers off and then the fingers start crawling around. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm obsessed with that idea. That was my favorite scene of the movie for really? sure. Really? It was just, like, the moment where it gets the team together. It's like, all right, now we have this, like, common enemy. And also, it's, it's a really fun scene. Yeah, it's a nice pacing where you see all these people from odds being like, oh, fuck that guy. And they're yeah. all throwing each other, people who would never talk to each other, like, weapons. Yeah. And they cut his fingers off. And they all run in separate directions. And then you see, at the last moment, Zeke stab uh, Professor Furlong, John Stewart in the eye with the scat pen. The scat pen. And he like seizures and like dies into a pool of scat foam is what I'm calling it. Actually, Don't do drugs, kids. Trademarking scat foam, kids. Stay away from it. And they're all like, okay, time to get the fuck out of here. Sounds yeah, good. anyone want to go away? Cool. <laughs> so Casey grabs like a little specimen and they run away. 
So they get to Zeke's garage and they find Zeke's drug-making station and a gun. And after some sciencing, they find out that the parasites are part of a larger being which enters humans and uses them as hosts. But introduced to scat, they all die and like foam up and it's disgusting. And Stokely says based on sci-fi rules, killing the leader would neutralize the specimens and leave the host intact, meaning no one would have to die. How do we find the queen? At this point, like, they all start freaking out because they realize there's really no way to differentiate someone who's been overtaken by a host. This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. This is Same. the thing yeah. happening. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is very much referential to the thing, but also, like, if it wasn't for this scene, I don't think I'd love this movie as much as I do now. The idea of, like, you have to do drugs if yes. you're an alien. <laughs> Sorry, do the whole thing of drugs. It's so cool that the way they figure out if you're an alien is you have to do the drugs. And, like... Yeah. Is it is it revealed that it's just caffeine? Or it's like caffeine and some other stuff, but other household shit. But they still get some sort of weird high because everyone's yeah. giggling, and I just—it's oh, such a like you kind of lose a little agency while you're surrounded by other potential threats. It's really good. I like it. Yeah, it, it like you're saying they kind of like have to neutralize themselves a little bit because they start tweaking the fuck out on oh like my God. caffeine. Like, like, let him tweak. Let him. <laughs> He's tweaking, let him fucking tweak. Yeah. You know what's funny is his parents are so concerned about him doing drugs in the beginning of the film <laughs> and it's like if they hadn't said anything, he probably wouldn't, because he, he's the first one to be like, I mean, fine, yeah, I'll just do the drugs. Yeah, like I guess I have to. <laughs> my hands are tied. Dare did not work on that child. No, absolutely not. The first time there was some scat around him, he's like, I'll take it. I'll take two. So Casey starts tweaking. Zeke starts tweaking. Stan starts tweaking. Stokey starts tweaking. We love it. It's a vibe. Delilah refuses and says to Mary Beth, you go first. And Mary Beth goes, I'm allergic. And she goes, yeah, and I'm Portuguese. You first. She doesn't think twice about her reads. She just reads them. Yeah, she's she's fucking going off the cuff. So Zeke tells him that they should take it at the same time, at which point they both snort it and Delilah like flies onto the other side of the garage and you see all these creepy crawlies underneath her skin. Alien! She's an alien! So Zeke tells Casey, because there's a gun, shoot her in the head, but he can't. Stokely goes, I'll fucking shoot her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give the lesbian the gun. She wouldn't even... Pause. No, that's Annie Oakley right there. <laughs> but Delilah gets away and also ruins like all of the drug making stations. So that's a fucking crack. Uh, but they think that they could find the queen at the Friday night football game. So they make their way back to campus and they head to the gym. But little do they know they're followed by Principal Drake, who they ultimately suspect is the queen. They restrain her in a volleyball net <laughs> and hold her at gunpoint and try to force her to snort scat. This is a sentence no one's ever said before. <laughs> How does it feel? To He's like, sniff it. Sniff it. She's like, no. Uh, I'm like, just throw it in her mouth. Like, wouldn't it have the same effect? Like a pixie stick. Just like yeah. drop it down. Never considered. It must be snorted. There's no Shoot other her in way. The head instead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got my dogs to take worse medicine than this. But yeah, Zeke just shoots her in the head and she doesn't reanimate very quickly. So you're like, fuck, they just killed a innocent person Whoops. but then she does come to life as an alien and mary beth spills like a bunch of scat onto her and like basically wastes their entire which at first i was like why the fuck is she doing that why does she waste it dumb girl but i'm like she's trying to get rid of that scat she don't want the scat the fact that it's called scat is so fucking terrible do you know what scat is lizzie do you think it stands for like super concentrated aspirin it's shit tonic? play it's like a sexual term for <laughs> a shit play and scat is like animal droppings yeah but also i guess 
sexually as well. I mean, that's a newer thing. Yeah. But so now that we're, it's it wasn't probably a popular thing at that point. But, but now I have to keep saying scat. <laughs> Some yums deserve to be yucked. I'm so sorry. Lizzie's uh, presidential campaign motto. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I I could say real fast. Uh, uh, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but the idea is like they'll kill the ho- the the queen, and then everyone else will be fine. But the principal dies right in that scene that we just talked about. Like she doesn't get to come back. No, she's fully <gasps> brain dead. Oh, they did kill her. <laughs> yeah, and and also they call it the queen. They thought she they, was the queen. They automatically oh, gendered it. Yeah. Well, at first, Stokely calls it great point lizzie stokely calls it in the garage the master but then mary beth refers to it as the queen and then she begins to refer to it as her and then they all begin to call it the queen wow a little slip a little slip Slip at the tongue yeah she very clearly points to herself she's not very like cool or coy with it the entire time but yeah the principal would be totally dead furlong the science teacher would be so dead so goddamn dead yeah completely fucking dead and poor mrs brummel super fucking dead the one the woman who lost her like scalp and head in the boys locker room shower how did they explain that away like monday morning when threat is neutralized like how do they explain away like multiple dead faculty members there might be a line with like reporters saying like mysterious disappearances of oh though sorry real fast about the i forgot john stewart's technically also dead mm-hmm. but isn't there like a moment in like the post or like the credits where he's wearing an eye patch yeah, and he has like a, a bandage on his hand, like where his finger should be? Bitch, you're fucking dead. You're <laughs> fucking dead. You fucking foamed out and you are not alive anymore. Yeah. But yeah, they throw away a line towards the end that's like crazy oh, okay. how all this shit happened and it wasn't important. I mean, the most issue people take with this film is the ending and we'll see exactly why Mm -hmm. so they believe that they've likely killed the queen so stan the jock is like i'll just go check outside and make sure everybody's chill stupid idea dumbass idea so they give him what's like almost left of the scat and he goes out onto the football field and guess what it's not the queen. He gets overtaken and he comes back to the gym and like bangs on the door and stokely like goes to open the door really quickly because before he's left he's kissed her oh she kissed him oh does she she's like i oh, could have right. done and not done that and i'm like no 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 you yeah. literally have had one conversation where he says he wants to be a d student what the fuck and she's like you mean your touchdown passes didn't equate to your blah 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 i'm like there's no way you know anything about the football he's playing <laughs> no, she doesn't so go to fun. the football games she says yeah i just want to have never have done that I just don't want to have never have done that. It sounds like she says, I don't want to never have done that. <laughs> I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want to do this, never. <laughs> anyway, I did think that she played this scene, the one where he's like pretty much begging her to let him in. And they're like, no, he's probably an alien Stokes. Like really well. Like she was she crying real tears. Yeah, she was like, she really wants to let him in and they give him what's absolutely the last of the scat. I love fuck would they do that because they're wasting it either way either he takes it and he's safe and now he's tripping what do they call it tweaking tweaking <laughs> tweak. or he's a fucking alien he's just gonna pour it out yeah which these children he pours the scout on the floor obviously and wastes the rest of it and so they're shit out of luck stokely is like god damn i guess i'm a lesbian again (laughs) (laughs) well i tried (laughs) so zeke is like you know what there might be more in my car it's like bitch you should have remembered that earlier but they go and they run zeke and casey go and they try to get what's left from his car and casey is used as the 
decoy. Because apparently he's super fast, which I guess you got to be to run away from your morning ass beatings. And he jumps into a bus to hide out from like the rest of the football team. And then we get the scene that like did something so fiercely for me as like a young gay woman where he thinks he's safe. Someone's about to get berated verbally by a really mean hot person. (laughs) Uh, He's like, he thinks he's safe. And then boop, there's Delilah being like, you could be one of us. It's so nice. You know, sounds great. And honestly, she's kind of like selling it pretty well. And she says she's never been this happy since before her dad died, which it's like, yeah, okay. Way to drop exposition. <laughs> I know, right? Like, wait, does that tie in at all to how big of a cunt you are in the beginning of the film? Sure doesn't. But also, they're making a really good point. Everyone is a shithead until they become aliens. And sure, they might be like forcing people to become aliens, but everyone seems happier. I don't mm-hmm. see what the problem is. But before she can get Casey. Casey like pops out the roof and like runs away and then like the whole football team is after him and we see Zeke getting to his car he grabs a scat before he can make way it's Miss Burke yassified obviously Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love this scene as well this is a fun scene so hot Uh, so they're like fake bantering he tries to start his car she jumps in and then he like purposefully drives into a school bus and like launches her through the windshield so good and then we get a bit of like a mars attacks where her like head falls off and is like running around on little <laughs> tentacle legs <laughs> disgusting but hilarious her body trying to get it there's and, nothing like, these aliens can't do no they're like both superheroes and also just like octopuses <laughs> <laughs> exactly and he's like fuck it i'm out of here so what they've forgotten by zeke and casey running into the parking lot is that the lesbian is left alone with the fucking alien mom Mm -hmm. and so stokely is in the gym left alone with mary beth and she goes i thought i was the only alien in the school and mary beth says that's not the case and then she begins giving herself away saying i know you pride yourself on being the outsider stokely but aren't you tired of being something you're not i know i am (laughs) and then stokely turns around like that's an alien thing to say (laughs) gets fucking smacked down the bleachers with this like weird tentacle arm and at that moment casey storms in and mary beth is full alien mode like massive and terrifying in this moment i was like poor casey just ran away from a hundred aliens to run into the biggest alien he just wanted to hang out with his gay friend and catch his breath he's like stokely let's go see rocky horror oh my god (laughs) (laughs) new episode of glee just dropped oh Oh my god run (laughs) oh my god run so they run across the gym towards the locker room which is like across the way of the pool where we see the alien which is one of my favorite shots ever the alien going into the pool and like just like zooming across and as they almost make their way to the locker room stokely's ankle gets grabbed Oof. and she smacks that floor fucking hard Ugh. Ooh, and she gets pulled into that pool and like kudos casey i would have left that bitch behind i know he tried i mean he did in his anti-defense he's just like screaming her name and going like oh god girl oh no sweet friend what's up (laughs) oh my god sarah Sarah, oh my god sarah help me sarah (laughs) i could not say that so yeah he's effectively helping her in the least bit he puts like (laughs) a skimmer in the pool which he manages to grab onto and he like pulls her out they run towards the locker room and then we see Mary Beth transform back into a human very beautifully. I love that shot. I love that shot. The visual effects. Stunning. So she like 
very beautifully transforms back into like a naked woman and like gets out of the pool and heads to the locker room where Stokely and Casey are. And as she enters, behind her enters Zeke and Zeke runs in. And so he's got Stokely in front of him and Mary Beth behind him. And Stokely's like, don't trust her. She's the queen. And Mary Beth says, we don't know what she is, gay, straight, alien. alien. And Zeke says, let me ask you something, Mary Beth. Why are you naked? <laughs> Iconic. We don't know what she is. Gay, straight, alien. Oh my God. This is how like people in my neighborhood logic. spoke about me in Texas. <laughs> oh, we don't know what she is. So Zeke is putting together that it's Mary Beth who's the alien. He goes, Putting together. It took him fucking long enough. He made out with her in the fucking drug closet for how oh, long? Oh, yeah. He made out with an alien. Mm hmm. How does he live with that? Well, this begs the question, why did she take so long infecting mm -hmm. them? She had alone time with him in that closet. She had alone time with Stokely before she smacked the shit out of her. My only guess is that her little water world planet was just super lonely and sad and she's looking for a boner. I think you're exactly right. So as Zeke is, is trying to fathom with the point that Mary Beth could be the queen, he's like, well, but you did scat. <laughs> 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 and we see the flashback of Mary Beth doing scat, which is the, I used to love this growing up. You see her like her nose, her nostrils plug up. Yeah. So it's like their theory of the scat was like kind of wrong the whole time. It's like you can do as much scat as you want. And if you're just like a dumb human, you won't know how to fake it. Basically. Yeah. Like if you're an alien, you probably do know how to fake it. Right. So it's probably fucking useless. So but also maybe the like, queen has more powers than they do. Her nose comes with flaps. No one else gets that feature. You're so right. <laughs> the queen comes with extra flaps. Yeah. Okay. So Zeke is in between the naked Mary Beth and Stokely. But little does he know, Stokely's fucking possessed too. <gasps> That's right. Oh, that was a fucking gag. That's the part I always forget on my rewatches. I've seen this a yeah. million times. I always forget that Stokely's possessed at I mean, this point. Duh, she was under the pool. That's why Mary Beth let her get away mm -hmm. so she could bait the boys into turning. Because if there's one place wow. this alien tentacle bitch is at home, it's in the pool. Why would she let her get away? You're right. so right. Zeke tries to get away and finds Casey also hidden away in the lockers in this locker room. And Zeke is like, how the fuck do I know you're not possessed as well? And he makes Casey do more scat. <laughs> <laughs> this poor guy. He's going to develop uh, withdrawals the next day. A reliance on scat. Or like he's going to scat man. Yeah, right. It's basically Adderall. He's the scat man. <laughs> Which is there's no fucking place I'd rather be high off my ass than in a locker room surrounded by the mother alien. Yeah, that's a good place to like lose your edge for sure. Yeah. So they like split ways while Casey's fucking tweaking his ass off and they're hiding from Mary Beth, who is one of my favorite shots of the entire film. Mary Beth is of human stature walking through these lockers naked but her shadow is that of like a massive tentacle monster. It looks so beautiful. And yeah. she's like trying to coax Casey out of hiding, saying like how beautiful this utopian world is where nobody is an outsider and that they could all be themselves. And she also says, you know, we were speaking earlier as to why Mary Beth would possibly let these people live longer than they need to be without being possessed by these parasites. And she says something like, you know, you guys let me in. 
which I wasn't expecting. And even you had the power to like hurt my feelings. Maybe Mary Beth can understand the like human emotions that these obvious outsiders are feeling and think maybe that she can get them to come to her almost like willingly. Right. Maybe there is some part of her that doesn't want to just like take over by force. She wants people to choose, which would have been interesting to see someone choose. It seemed exactly what she was doing with Stokely, moreover than right. anyone else. She was saying like, fly free, yeah. you know, she maybe saw like, oh, this person's a closeted lesbian. I'll make her feel super welcome. Yeah. You know, and you can see it kind of a little bit with her other relationships, like with Zeke, but she really laid in really thick with Stokely to like, come this way. I'm Oh, for sure. She's an outsider of the outsiders. You know what I mean? Like the, some of the outsiders talk shit to her. <laughs> like, Even damn. Casey's like, you believe this shit? Stokely's <laughs> like, I don't want any friends. Thank you. Yeah. Leave me alone. So Casey's tweaking his little fucking twink ass off and... <laughs> Zeke gets thrown over the lockers and gets knocked the fuck out. So it's like Casey's our last chance. Casey's running. He runs out to the gym with like Mary Beth. I don't even know what to call her. It feels stupid to call her Mary Beth. She's like, alien Mary Beth. Alien Queen. Alien Queen is is quick behind him. And so he runs to the bleachers, which are like fully out. He runs to the back of the bleachers, presses a button to collapse the bleachers. And Genius. begins so smart. We all know kids that got crushed in those bleachers in school. No, we don't. <laughs> no. I mean, I was always afraid that that could be a possibility, but I didn't really fully understand how it worked. So seeing it in the film, I was like freaking out. But you knew someone? Fully a kid's arm got broken. <gasps> no. Yeah, you can't horse around in the gym. <laughs> how did that happen to somebody? Well, because ours were like pushable. Oh. So it was like boys horsing around and one of them pushed it and it just, I mean, the kid was fine. He just had a broken arm. Okay. Oh my God. It wasn't dead. Maybe this is scaring me more because it's like my deep seated fear of seeing this as like a seven year old. Probably. you're Because they make them look like vicious. They're like slamming in. Yeah. But. You know, like in Scream. Skip 30 seconds ahead if you haven't seen Scream, dumbass. But <laughs> <laughs> when Rose Reed. McGowan gets, like, killed by a doggy door, it's like, um, that couldn't have decapitated her. Let's be right. fucking honest. <laughs> like, what kind of fucking doggy doors are sharpened to a fucking knife point? Yeah, that's not going to happen. Okay, continue to play dumbasses who haven't seen Scream. Uh, so <laughs> Casey is running underneath the bleachers with the alien queen in tow and they're collapsing these bleachers like automatically. He makes it out on the other side. She doesn't. She's restricted by these bleachers and he takes the last of the scat and he goes, <gasps> guaranteed to jack you up. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's like one of the worst lines ever. <laughs> <laughs> Stabs her clean in the eye and uh, she's dead. And everyone goes back to normal. Well, not before her, like, dying breath is to, like, bleh, some oh, yeah. fucking leeches on his face. And they start crawling in through mm. his skin. They don't even bother to go through an orifice. They're just, no. like, into the skin. It's so gross. And we hold on it for so long. And we're like, no, I told Casey. Lizzie, like, his fucking pores. Like, there's not a amount Ugh. of dermatologists that can, like, undo your pores from being, like erupted like that there is not a psychologist that can fix stokely there is not a physical therapist that can relieve zeke of his internal injuries and there is not a dermatologist that can save poor casey's fucking 
jacked up pores. These children are going to be disfigured for the rest of their life. 100%. And then the whole, what actually happened, no one knows but them. So they're bound forever in this like trauma relationship. Yeah. Because the news is just like, whoa, that was weird, right? Some teachers disappeared and like no one's parents are talking about anything. Oh, do you think if you become like human again, you remembered what happened at all? That's a very good question. Um, so Lizzie's referring to after the mother alien is destroyed, we get like the flash forward of like one month later and we see the ha- the town is like very happy-go-lucky. And we see that Zeke is on the football team, I guess. Sure. He's built like a fucking green bean, but sure. He's literally broken every bone in his body and has a concussion, but okay. And he's with Miss Burke, which I'm like, illegal. <laughs> right. She's like in the stands like, Hi. And he's I'm like, like <laughs> um, we see Stan and Stokely together. Stokely is wearing a fucking purple cardigan. A little floral dress with a fucking purple cardigan. She's literally flouncing on screen. Okay, wait. Hey, let's no. talk about this. This is borderline damaging. It's like, okay, so she wasn't pretty enough to be seen by the straight boys. So to protect herself, she pretended to be a gay girl so that just no one would talk to her. She's like, well, I'm not pretty enough to get seen. I'll pretend like I have agency over that. Mm -hmm. Okay. A straight boy finally talks to her. Sure. That's exactly what she wants. He's a dumbass. Okay. Good choice. And now that she's getting like attention from a boy, she can like unleash her inner femininity and become like a dimbo and like like lose all sense of self like what she's like finally you've released me seriously though and gets to be what some sort of like version of herself which is exactly the human personification of everything she's hated for i don't know 120 minutes of this movie yeah so her entire personality is just a big sham a big black sheet over what she actually feels like i just don't buy it this to me felt so wrong and that outfit was so wrong if anyone's ever seen the breakfast club and is even a little bit gay i'm sure you have the same sentiment that's taken away from ali sheedy's character when at the end after she's like bared her heart to these people and they all accept themselves for being outsiders and they say hey if i see you in the hallway i'm not going to ignore you you know and it's like the very powerful thing then Molly Ringwald puts some brown eyeliner on her and puts a headband on her. And then Emilio <laughs> Estevez is like, you're my woman. And then they spend the rest of the movie making out. Just unrealistic. I mean, this could be like alternate ending if we want to paint this in a good direction. Maybe the queen implanted like part of her soul, like a horcrux into <laughs> into Stokely. She was the last person to get possessed. So maybe she's not actually rid of the alien. Yeah. It'd be cool if she like turned and like took a sip of water and like had a glint in her eye before we cut to black. That would be way more interesting. Yeah, these people are going to be dehydrated for the rest of their lives the way that water <laughs> scarred them. They're like, film. I just have rabies. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally normal. I don't, I'm not afraid of water. And to continue on this point, that's complete bullshit. Casey is like a celebrity and him and Delilah are together. She's literally just using him for her 15 minutes of fame. He's literally stood on 17 apple boxes (laughs) to give her a kiss on the cheek. It is absolutely ridiculous. Now that's Tom Cruise standing in for him, actually. He's on Tom Cruise's shoulders, actually. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so fucking oh, I love it. Why does everyone have to pair up all the time anyway? But also, last thing before we stop talking about the Breakfast Club, uh, all of the archetypes <laughs> follow the exact archetypes of the Breakfast Club except for Mary Beth. I mean, she was always the most sus. You have Zeke, which is a like bad druggy guy from the Breakfast Club. You have Hot. Molly Ringwald, which is Delilah. Amelia Estevez, which is like the jock. Mm. <laughs> mm. <laughs> then you have the nerd, which is Casey. And then you have the lesbian, Ali Sheedy and yeah. uh, Stokely. Which is neither here nor there. Did has like Is that a direct reference? Or is this just like a parallel that you found and you're like, it's probably this. I used to really love The Breakfast Club at the same time that I really loved the faculty. And so that's mm. always something that stood out for me. I was like, why are they just like wrapping these people's story up so quickly? Like this Stokely. the horror Breakfast Club. Ali Sheedy. Yeah. And then, then I saw something online that was like, if you put them on top of each other, the only character that doesn't exist is that of Mary Beth. And it's like, oh shit, well, she is the killer. I don't know if Kevin Williamson ever cited The Breakfast Club as like a direct uh, inspiration, but it seems like ridiculously similar. That totally. would be probably impossible. But on to the reception. Okay. With a budget of $15 million, this film went on to gross $63.2 million in the box office. Damn, for some reason I thought it could have been a flop, but I'm, it's not a flop at all. While a financial success, most believe it would have performed better had it not been released on Christmas Day. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Why? What about this movie says winter? What about this movie says ho, 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 happy Hanukkah, Merry Kwanzaa? Like, what? I why? don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they did that. It was just late. They were taking too long on the visual effects of the worms, and it was just late. That's it. They couldn't deliver the DVD in time. Uh, while not a critical hit at the time, in retrospect, the film is considered a cult classic. While speaking on both the films, Jordana Brewster said uh, that of Fast and the Furious. I did that role as a summer movie thinking, ah, this will be a fun little project. And then I did the role in the faculty thinking, yes, this will be a franchise. <laughs> it turned out the other way around. <laughs> She's like, shit. Now I'll have to be the nice girl forever. Okay, on to the scores. Scores. How the subtextual scores work are we rate the film on how gay is it and how good is it. And then we average those scores out of 10 and get an overall subtextual score. Lizzie... How gay is this film? Oh, not super gay, but a little gay. I'd give it a three. Okay. They say like lesbian way too many goddamn times. <laughs> I'm going to give this a four and a half. And they casted Clea Duvall like, get over yourselves. Yeah. What the fuck? Lizzie, how good is this film? Oh, it's certainly fun. Certainly one I would revisit. I think I will give it a six. Sam, what do you rate this movie? I'm going to try to take off my nostalgia glasses because there's such a huge part of me that's screaming 10 right now. I love <laughs> oh my this God. fucking movie. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. No, a nine. Yeah, that feels better. Okay. You guys. What? It's not good. Is it a D? Because that's all he, he's aspiring to get. So I earned that 5.6. I got that 5.6. The 5.6. That's not bad. It is bad, actually. Yeah. I mean, if they would just make two boys kiss, it would be better. That's true. I'll take it. I It's my license on this podcast to do films like this. I'm glad that I, if anything, got you guys to watch it. I loved it. I thought it was fun. I'm glad I finally saw it, yeah. I can't wait to watch it on Christmas. <laughs> yeah. I hope that you all do. Let's raise this scat. <laughs>
to the faculty, everybody, our scats. Raise your scat. Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to keep this content ad-free, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash subtextualpod. See you next week.